Father God, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, I'm not confused who I'm praying to. It's all of you, Lord. How we love you, Lord. We just want to honor you. I want to thank you for your presence here. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you for this congregation, Lord. Thank you for your spirit here, Lord, among us, in our hearts. Lord, you said that if we would abide in you, that we would let your words abide in us, that you and your Father would come and make your home with us. So I ask you even now, Lord, come. Come and let your presence be felt here. Come and manifest yourself. Lord, I pray, everyone here, Lord God, I pray that our hearts would be open and soft to receive your word. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us now? We need you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Phil and Marley. Wow. My privilege to be here with you guys still here, hey? Such an honor to know you guys. Such an honor. You guys are examples to me in so many ways. Um, uh, Clarence uh, invited me to come and preach. And uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say, yes, go and do it. And uh, I stand here in complete fear and trembling. Because I have no idea yet what the Lord wants to say. <laughs> we have to walk in the light. I can fucking fake it. I was telling my wife in the worship, please pray for me. I have no idea yet. I do know something. And I know that that God has called every one of us to, to know him and walk with him and love him. So how's that going for you? How's it going so far? Do you, do you have Bible verses there that you can put up? I knew AM was better. <laughs> okay, I'm losing credibility quickly. Romans chapter 12 says this in verse 
1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Bless you. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Have you got it up now? Everyone's looking up suddenly. Either you got the scripture up or an angel has appeared. So how, how's that going for us? Are we, are we presenting our bodies well as a living sacrifice? Holy and pleasing to the Lord? Okay, I'm going to ask for a show of hands because no one's saying anything. Those of you who, who are a 10 out of 10 with that, with that presenting of yourself every day, could you guys just put up your hands? Okay, a nine. Eight. There's an eight. Okay, cool. I thank you, Jesus. Okay, a seven. Six. Okay, some of you are not going to do anything. Five. Okay, we've got a five. Two, two fives. May, maybe a five. Okay. Four? Four. Wow. Sure. Three? Three. Two? One? One. Naught? <laughs> See... Sometimes we can read something like that. Like, like, I urge you, I urge you, I appeal to you, I appeal to you, uh, Sunningdale PM. See, this is written to the Romans, but it's also written to us. And the Apostle Paul urges us to present ourselves, our, 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 our bodies, to God in view of His mercy. What does that mean in view of his mercy? Well, what happened was, you, we start reading in the Bible in the book of Genesis. And in the beginning, God is there. He's there before the beginning, actually. And he makes the beginning. Because God is eternal. That means he was there before time started. And he created time and he made the beginning. He's the only one who is eternal. There's no one eternal like him. So in the beginning, he makes time, and then in the beginning, we see that God creates everything. He creates the angels, he creates the heavens, the earth, he creates everything, and he, 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 he makes beautiful things. He creates Adam and Eve, the first two humans, and he puts them in a beautiful garden, and he, and he, and he comes down and he breathes life into them, and he speaks to them, and he says, I want to be your, your friend. And he walks with them in the cool of the day. And he says, but I am a certain way as God. And so you need to live my way. And Adam and Eve choose 
because they're tempted by the devil and because the apples look so good or whatever it was, the fruit of the tree and, and they choose to go the other way. And they sin and they fall and sin enters the, the earth and instead of a blessing, there's a curse that comes over the whole of creation and everyone, including you and me, that are born since that time, we inherit this sinful nature, this nature that is constantly opposed to God. But God is not just those nice fruit of the Spirit characteristics. He's also very angry. The book of Romans says that the wrath of God is revealed against all the evil and wickedness of man. Why? Because we have chosen, knowing that God is there, knowing what He's like, knowing that He is due praise and honor and glory from us, we've chosen that we don't like to give it to Him. and we So we choose to ignore Him at best and we choose to oppose Him and to come up with other philosophies and things like the Big Bang and evolution and, and reasons to, to, to reason Him away, to reason Him out of our lives, to reason the accountability that each one have before Him out of our lives. And the book of Romans chapter 1 says that God is very angry and His wrath is revealed from heaven against all the wickedness and sinful man who know that He's there but choose not to honor Him as God. So His wrath is revealed. And so all of human history takes place. And there's Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all those wonderful people. And they go through and they grow up as a, as a big family in Egypt. And they come out as millions. And God does miracles. And he chooses this people to be his own. And he puts prophets over them and, and judges. And then eventually kings that they wanted. And he gives them lovely and terrible kings. And there's this whole story, and the people of God are set free by Him. They're liberated to worship Him, to inherit the land, to, to love Him. Uh, and, and they choose, like all of us do, to ignore Him and to turn away and to choose false gods. And, and eventually God withdraws and withdraws and withdraws, and then He lets them be taken into captivity. And then there's a whole long period there, and then some come back, and then they also mess it up. And eventually, enough is enough, God has to come and sort it out. And so God himself, the eternal, infinite, powerful creator of heaven and earth, is born. His name is Jesus. And he's a little baby. And he's born. And from the moment he's born, he honors his mom and dad. And he never sins. And he loves the word of God. And he goes and spends time in the temple. And, the God, and God is his priority. And then he's released into ministry and he's baptized in order to fulfill all of the plans of God. And the Holy Spirit comes upon him like a dove. And it empowers him. And then he's tempted and he doesn't give in. And then he, he comes out of the wilderness in power and he heals and he preaches the kingdom of heaven is here. Turn back to God that your sins might be forgiven. And some do and some don't. And then he goes and he dies on a cross. And then he rises again. And he defeats death and he defeats sin. 
and the price for our sins is put upon him. And, and, and he comes back and he preaches the kingdom of heaven. And those who follow him, they go and they start to preach the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the church is born. And, and the church, we see people coming to follow God, to love him. Through history, some wheat and some weeds. Some who follow Jesus and others who waste their lives. And then what happens is the end. I know I'm giving you a quick summary. A trumpet is sounded and the Lord of glory appears in the sky on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. And there are others with him. Remember the vision? And they also are with him. And, and he comes and, and this time his robe is dipped in blood. And he comes and he, and he kills all his enemies. And then there's a judgment. And then... The love and the mercy of God is revealed to those who believed. And the anger and the wrath of God is revealed to those who didn't believe. For all eternity. And then the devil is grabbed and put into the fiery lake of sulfur forever and ever with his angels. But that's not the end. Because what happens then is this creation is burnt up by fire. The heavens are torn down and the stars fall from the skies. And behold, God makes all things new. The people in hell remain there forever. They suffer forever. They don't disappear and dissolve and, okay, that's the end, it's enough. It's never enough, ever. And those who are given the mercy of God live where? In heaven? No. They live on the new earth. With him. And there's no more sun because he is their light. And there's this new city and new Jerusalem. And it says that the people in there are glad. That their joy is full. That there are no more tears or suffering or sadness. Forever. Now, what happens is, how many of you like to have a rest, a break? Anyone? How long do you normally have a break for? Average. He says as long as possible. <clears throat> On average, two weeks a year, three weeks a year. Oh, four. Okay. Sure, where do you work, Margaret? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
a couple of weeks a year. But you see, God is infinite and he's eternal. So those people who go both to heaven and hell, but I'm going to focus on the heaven ones just for a second. When, you know, one day he'll make everything new. You remember that song? Jesus, yeah. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and dance the victory. Or shout, I don't know which, we'll probably do all three of them. Why? Because I was thinking about it. I like to surf. And I went for one and a half days of surfing this week in Jeffreys Bay. Jeffreys Bay is one of the best waves in the world. And for me, I've been there a number of times, and it was perfection. Can I describe it just a little bit? There, the sun rises over the sea in the morning. It doesn't set like it does here because it's the east coast, okay? And so as the sun is rising, I'm there on the water, and the waves are probably about that high. And it's, have you seen the sea at night here? It goes all silver, Okay, so there, when the sun rises, it goes all silver. So it looks like you're lying on a mirror that is rising with waves. And you can, you can ride that wave for probably, I don't know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. 40. For those of you who are not surfing, you're looking at me like, what the heck? For the surfers who realize it's almost heaven. Okay. So there's not a lot I prefer other than worship and time with the Lord and time with my wife. And I know there's a lot I prefer. But, but there are, it's, it's amazing. Now, so I'm figuring, so I die. And let's say I live the rest of my life and somehow by his grace I please him. So I get there and I'm like, yo, I'm here. It's the new earth, you know. Um, and he says, I know you like surfing because I made you. So, and because you lived your life well for me, I want you to have a little break. Okay? But you thought Jeffrey's Bay was good. I made it. Look what I made here. Okay? So it's going to be way better. Because there's no sin. There's no sharks. There's no locals. Every wave is available for me. And I have a new body with, that is not 46 years old with a back operation and aches and pains. I have ankles that can flex and so I can go low into the barrels. So I have the perfect body, the perfect surfboard, the perfect wave. And he says to me, just take a little break, okay? Take the very, very beginning of the introduction of the start of the first chapter, okay? So take, for example, a thousand billion years and have a little break and enjoy the wave. I'm not being unrealistic. Because the first thousand billion years isn't even the start. The next trillion times that amount of time, we haven't even started the introduction forward. The next trillion, 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 trillion years, it's just getting better. But the thing is, we haven't even started 
to taste of his glories because he's infinite. By definition, that means we who are finite will never reach the end. I'm not exaggerating. Disney, the princesses, the princes, the prince that comes over the mountain, rescues happily ever after, has got nothing on the truth. I don't think, I don't know. The Bible says there will be no more sea. Actually, actually it doesn't. It says that even the sea will be no more. So maybe the sea will be burnt up. I mean, it'll be like, can you imagine the evaporation? Now, anyway. <clears throat> the point I'm trying to make is, we easily lose sight of what it means to have an infinite God who has given us an inheritance in Christ Jesus, which includes, amongst many other things, heaven eternally. The other thing we forget, like those in Romans chapter 1, is that the wrath of God is also eternal. So those sitting in hell, and I'm not going to describe it for you today, but let's just put it this way, you'd rather be anywhere else, is forever... And ever, and ever, it never ends. There was a rich man in Lazarus, and Jesus told the story about the, and Lazarus was the man, he was the poor man, the dogs were licking his wounds. And everyone thinks, oh, shame, poor Lazarus. He, he would eat the crumbs off the table, he would beg for food. Oh, shame, poor Lazarus. And then it says, and then they both died. And the angels came and took Lazarus to Abraham's bosom to paradise. And he was comforted forever. And they came and took the rich man and put him in hell. And he said, can you please just ask Lazarus to dip his finger in water and put it on my tongue? And Abraham says, you know, we can't do that. There's a gulf between you and, and we can't. He says, then please just send someone to tell my brothers. And he says, even if somebody came and died and rose, they wouldn't listen to him. And all of us deserve to go to that place. There's not one of us here who has no sin, especially me. We just have to sin once and we deserve to go there. Not because just of how bad sin is, but against whom we are sinning. Against the perfect, eternal, infinite, wonderful, glorious, good God. And so we come back to Romans chapter 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. What mercies of God? The fact you're here, you've heard the good news about Jesus Christ. You've, you can have your sins forgiven. You can become a child of the eternal, infinite God. You can receive with Him an inheritance for all eternity. 
sharing the glories of Christ if you also suffer with him now. What mercy, what kindness, what grace, what goodness, what good news. In view of that, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. But you're only a one or a two or a three or a four or a five at the moment. Why? Why? I'm not going to say anything until you answer me. This is a joint effort here. I'm not the only one who must think. Selfish. We're selfish. We're not selfish. If we were selfish, we would present our bodies more. Because the more we present our bodies, the better our eternal reward. You getting me? Why are we a three or a four or a five? Because sin, yes, kind of. Flesh, we love the world, we don't ask for more, yes. Because we've lost sight of the truth. We're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on these short hundred years that we have. For those very old people. I know when Jesus is coming back. I know for sure. He's coming back in the next 50 to 80 years. For sure. For every single one of us. The Bible says it is appointed for a man once to die and then to face judgment. We lose sight. (laughs) Okay, let's play a game. What is one of the things that people occupy themselves with most of their time in their life? Instead of presenting their bodies as a living, what do we do with our time? Surfing, don't say that. (laughs) Thinking about surfing, yeah, yeah. Work, material things. Okay, let's use material things. Okay, let's use some money. You know the guy that saved up a lot and then he got to heaven and he took with him five gold bars. You heard that, eh? He got to the gates and Peter said, oh, you bought paving. Okay, this is what people work for, this stuff. Uh, 200 rand. It's a Nelson Mandela. Okay? That's what they work for. Who would like it? Lee would like it. He's learned. Good man. Okay, Lee, here we go. If you give me 20 rand now, in 30 seconds, I'll give you this. You put it in there. That was a good investment. 
Anyone else want it? Hey, check my wife. No, no. Don't tear it. I said in 30 seconds. I didn't say immediately. <clears throat> you gave me, but lovey, 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 this is already yours, sweetie. So, so I can't, I can't, I can't give you what is already yours. You see? see? So, so I need someone else who wants 200 rand. I mean, I cannot understand. Yes, you, okay, give me 20 rand. Okay, there we go. Sorry, you lost out. You know what I mean? It's, it's like the Christian life. Some have the oil, others don't. Okay? Good deal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh-huh. I've got his 20. That was good. Thank you for the 20. And here's your 200. Now, that was a bit of a sacrifice for him. Because he had to pay his 20. Was he wise? He knows me. He trusts me. Was it a good investment? No. I mean, how much did you want him to make? It was 30 seconds, 10 times the return. I mean, if I knew somebody who did that regularly, I would probably go speak to them. Right? You got another. He's got another 20. Okay, so let's see now how much he trusts me. If you give me the 200, I'll give you 2,000. Yeah, you see, Jesse even wants to do that deal. Okay. What if I said, if you give me the 2,000, I'll give you 20,000? <laughs> what if I said to you, and I'm, and I'm okay, so you've, that's yours, okay? I'm not, I'm not going more. Okay? <laughs> what if I said to you, you give me the 20,000, I'll give you 2 million? Would you do it? What if I said you give me the two million, I'll give you 200 million? Would you still do it? When would you stop doing the deal? You wouldn't stop. So why do we stop doing the deal with God? Because he says, in view of what's coming, anything you give me is not worth comparing with what I will give you. So why do we stop doing the deal? Because it seems to me that all of you and me have stopped doing the deal. Otherwise, when I asked who's doing a 10 out of 10, we would have been, what, what, what has gotten in the way? We've lost sight of something. We've lost sight of something. Okay. I want to describe a process for you that will help you to remain with your eyes open, with your sight on the right thing. My goal in this 
is that you would wake up and that you would start to give God 20 rand, 200 rand, 2,000 rand, not financially, maybe financially too. You with me? Do not be conformed to this world. But be changed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we change so that we become good investors? of our lives, of our time, of our families, of our resources, of our talents, of our gifts that God has given us, of this short life that we have. How do we change? Um, you guys need to teach your people to answer questions. What did you say? Keeping sight? Nah. I just read it. Renew your mind. So the Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Okay? And those who are led by the Spirit of God have their minds not renewed, fixed on the things of the Spirit. Yes! If we are children of God, we have the Spirit of God. If we have the Spirit of God and we're following the Holy Spirit of God, we have our minds set on the things of the Spirit. Romans says, be changed from the world. Don't conform any longer. Don't be like them. Don't be focused on the things they're focused on. Focus on God, on eternity. Focus on what's coming. Live like the people in Hebrews 11. Have you seen those crazy fools? They left houses, they left families, they left comfort, they left, Moses left Pharaoh's palace, the fool. He did not count being a prince and having the treasures of Egypt, anything except to please God. What did he see? What did those crazy Hebrew 11s see? They were cut in half, they were sawn in two, they were mutilated, they were crucified upside down. They, were, they gave their lives completely in ways that is not a three out of ten. How? What motivated those people? They saw something. They longed for something. Their joy was in something that they could see. Be changed by renewing the way you think, the things you think about. Follow the Holy Spirit. Have your mind set on the things of the Spirit. Being transformed starts with the mind. That's step one. Step two, 
as we think about certain things, I'm thinking of a particular um, uh, coffee shop. It's called uh, Pajamas and Jam. It's in uh, Somerset West, I think. And um, there are these um, tables with cakes. And one of the cakes, it's a cheesecake at the bottom, and then a chocolate cake on top, and then a lemon meringue top. Now what happens, when they serve it on the plate, they give you a big dinner plate, and it covers about half of the plate. And so you get your knife, and you have to try and cut through the lemon meringue into the chocolate, into the cheesecake. And so it's very difficult to get one bite with all of it in because it's so tall. And so you have to put some of the lemon meringue in your mouth first. Just, And then I like to put the cheesecake second. <laughs> and then the chocolate is shoveled in on the side. Anybody feel like cake? Why do you feel like cake? Because you've been thinking about it. The natural result of renewing your mind is you start to feel something. How long have you been thinking about that wave in heaven? Okay, don't think about waves because I don't know if they are. But, but what about the realities of heaven? The realities of the glory. You know the Apostle Paul? It says he was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten ten times or something like that. He was left for dead. He was, he was mocked. He was shipwrecked. He was criticized. He was killed. For his faith. And he says, I am convinced that these temporary minor sufferings. What? Temporary minor. You were stoned to death, basically. Temporary minor. Are not worth comparing with the glories that will be revealed. It's not worth comparing. If I said, if you give me 20 rand, I'll give you 2 million. Is it worth comparing? It's not worth comparing. You don't even think about it. Unless you're stupid. You give the 20 rand immediately, quickly. You pull a muscle. You do it so quickly. Because it's not worth comparing. And so when you think about how much am I prepared to give to Jesus of my life. How much time am I prepared to spend seeking his face, reading his word, getting it in so that I start to feel the right way? It's not worth comparing. And when you feel that way, what happens? You start to be filled with joy and hope and it's unexplainable and you seem to be crazy. You don't care about Russia and Ukraine. It doesn't faze you. 
Because it's going to be burnt up anyway, whether it's by nuclear war or not. You don't care what's going to happen to South Africa or Greece or the United States because it's all going to be burnt up anyway. You don't care whether the banks will be there tomorrow or not. You don't care whether you'll have enough to eat or not. You don't care what kind of accommodation you have or not. You don't care what kind of car you drive or how many holidays you have or not. Because it's all not worth comparing. And there's so many of us walking around with our lip on the floor. Oh, it's so difficult for me. I wish I had this job, that job, this car, that wife, this child, this... It's not worth comparing. And so what do we do? We start to invest in thinking the right things. That means we, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the way, seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night because he starts to feel the things of the Spirit. He starts to care about the things of the kingdom. He starts to live. He starts to feel overwhelmed. Who will go to Milneton, Brooklyn, whatever? I will. I want the reward, Lord. Here I am. Send me. And we don't have a problem with the saints sitting in the pews. We have a problem. There's no one here because they're all on mission. We don't have a problem with, oh, it's community night again. No, I get to encourage my brothers and sisters. What a privilege. And so what happens is the first thing is we're thinking differently and we're starting to feel different. And as a result of this overwhelming joy and expectation and, and, and smell of glory, we start to act differently. And we start to live lives of love, lives of sacrifice. We open our homes gladly. How long would you like to come and stay? Can I move out of my room for you? We don't work to get joy. We work because we are full of joy. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Why was it set before him? Because as a little boy, he was focused on the word. Who is this father of mine? What are the glories I will have forever? That's why he could tell the devil, take your earthly kingdoms. I'm prepared to suffer now. I know what's coming. I'm prepared to go to the cross. That's a 10 out of 10. And what happens is you start to live a different way. And then suddenly, everything changes. The blessing of God, the trials of God on your faith, the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and your destiny changes. Your life doesn't become about you anymore. And all of a sudden, there's a particular glory. In view 
in view of the truth of God's mercy. Do you know how to do it? Did you know how to do it? That's another question. In view of his mercy, in view of heaven, in view of escaping hell, in view of mercy, I, with the Apostle Paul, urge you, brothers, give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Wake up tomorrow morning, go outside, open your Bible, dedicate the time to changing your view and your mind so that you can start to feel the heart of God, the priorities of God, so that you can start to recognize the Spirit of God. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word tonight. I had no idea what to say. It's all you. Thank you, Lord. Please help us to do what we hear. In Jesus' name.